You're listening to Season 4 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. We are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer podcasts, writing, and any other content, visit bgn.fm. Let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Hey everyone, welcome to Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the best team in the Eastern Conference, probably by far, and asserting that this weekend, Philadelphia Union. Uh, hiya, um, mathematically proven to be most of the time your host, Evan Malala here, joined by uh, two of our, our other co-hosts and favorite people, at least to me. Um, I don't know about the rest of the podcast consuming Twitter sphere, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he found enough time in between covering everything in the world all the time forever to join us to talk about the Philadelphia Union. It's Chuck Booth. Hello. I mean, this is my happy place. Yeah. How is the everything all the time? Well, I guess that's in a whole that's a whole lot of words. But on a like um, one to ten, how's everything all the time forever been? This week? Um, teams are winning, teams are losing, people mm. are getting fired, and people are getting hired. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, he's not getting tired of the union winning, but we'll talk about that in a second, especially Ashcraft. I appreciate that introduction, Evan, but y- yeah. you phrased it too much like a question. They, the union are by far the best team in the East. And I, well, I like, it's that, it's that classic union pessimism where I'm like, I can't let myself have nice thing because then I'll think I deserve it um, or whatever that is. So I don't want to just be like, we're fucking amazing, and Montreal doesn't have shit on us, and we're going to clinch first place in the East this weekend when we beat Orlando, who almost did a bad against Sacramento Republic midweek, but I could have. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, the Union have clinched the playoff game, they clinched the home playoff game. We're rolling. Yeah. Orlando had a scrappy 90 minutes yesterday. This is it, Hi, it's September 8th yeah. when we're recording um, this. We we don't care about that. No, we no we we don't. I mean, it happened, and like they exerted energy for ninety minutes more than they would have done if there wasn't a game for them midweek. So like that's cool. But I mean, Jim Curtin did say in his presser today that he was hoping for one hundred and twenty, but that um, didn't happen. Well, my favorite tw- my favorite tweet about everything was um, from Matt DeGeorge that. Um, Jim Curtin is going to be pitching in yes. for bottle service for Orlando celebrations. <laughs> Thank you for remembering who said that because that was also my favorite. But I forgot who tweeted it, and I I, I was not I was never going to say to George. So th- thanking on many accounts. Yeah, that was that was clever. That was some good work for sure. Yeah. Um, just as a sidebar, before we start talking about the union, I would just love to cut. And and no one cares about this, but I just need to say it. Malik Foster is so tiny. That dude yeah, is I was small. Dis- I was disappointed, like, just from a soccer perspective, I was disappointed when Sacramento took him off the field because he seemed, on the night, to be... he seemed to be the most dangerous player. Yeah. I mean, there was several potential yellow slash red cards that could mm-hmm. have been given to Orlando players because of his running, and then it wasn't, and shame. Hey, um, you know who did get a red card? Gustavo Vallecilla. Our... 
in the 35th minute of the Philadelphia Union's 6 nothing win over the Colorado Rapids on Saturday, August 27th. I was going to just say two of the Union opponents over the last three games. but That also would have worked. That also would have worked, yes. But we'll talk about the first one first. Uh, Union 6, Rapids, who are very bad and should just pack it in for the rest of the season. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, Neil? Yeah. Um, I mean, the Union are a very good team, and the Rapids are a very bad Not one. Good uh, team. I don't – I like, it's, it's really hard to draw takeaways from, like, these kind of games. Yeah. I guess it, it's just – the Union scored six goals and Jack McGlynn didn't start the game, so that's probably the biggest one here. But when the Rapids got a red card that early, like... Yeah. I, yeah. I, comprehensive win. I feel a little bad for Colorado because I remember the years of if we don't have player name here starting, we're screwed, and that is Jack Price for them. Um, because he's been out forever, and Colorado's just are directionless without him. Um, yeah, but they made yeah. their own bed. Oh, sure, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Gostog is the MVP of the league. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I, well, mm-hmm. I guess it's, yeah, we talked about it in the group chat. It's actually Hani Mukhtar. Um, Mukhtar less universe. Daniel but, yeah, 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 yeah. I think in a world where even because I think we talked about this in the group chat briefly too, like even in a world where Hani Mukhtar plays for not Nashville, it's Gostock. But just because the Union are so expansive and play this like beautiful, free flowing, successful brand of of soccer, um, and Gostock doesn't have to be like the workhorse because Julian Carranza can score whatever he wants to, and then Michael Ura in the last couple weeks has been you know all over the place and like. Here's Jack McGlynn putting in, you know, maybe all league performances randomly. Um, Like, Mukhtar has to be that dude for Nashville or else they fall into a very bad place because they're not good enough in ways you have to be good in MLS yet. They will be. But but Evan, I thought Jose Martinez was the union MVP. Can we? I didn't (laughs) want to do this this week. Um, you, I mean, unfortunately yeah. you walked into it by mentioning the word I know, MVP. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like in the same way, I don't talk about a redheaded man who played for the national team a lot. I also don't want to bring up other national media outlet guys who are doing a thing because it drives engagement but, and isn't something they believe you don't, in I mean, because you, we know yeah. how that works. You don't have to because it's very easy to discredit Jose yes. Martinez's MVP case because by he's looking the at fifth the most well, by looking at the midfielder next to him that Jose Martinez is replaceable because Leon Slock yes. is perfectly capable at playing the six. Like, yeah, that 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 immediately takes away <laughs> from being anywhere near a most valuable player. If there's another player on the team that can play your role, and there's four people on the union that I would mm-hmm. say, actually five, who are irreplaceable. That's Daniel Gazdog, Jack Elliott, 
Jacob Glasnas, Kai Wagner, and Andre Blake. And yep. that is it. Uh, Justin, talk yeah. to me. Yeah, I mean, same. I was just going to add to that that um, when when you might be having the third best season of the four starting union midfielders, you're not going to be the MVP in the league. I'm sorry, but God, but God's dog and Bedoya are having a better season. So, like, I don't know what you want to do about that. But sorry. You're not the MVP of the league. But, it, I mean, I I understand it, Evan, from the engagement. Yes, if you can hate, if you can make a shtick out of hating on somebody, uh-huh. re Paul Catrino and Ray Gaddis, um, you can... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we know what this looks like because we <laughs> yeah, have a really we, good we friend ha- who we have had this shit forever. On, <laughs> we've had this on our podcast. Mean, what do you mean, did? For four seasons, yeah, Orlando City, City, no, Orlando I, City binoculars. Logo? I'm, I'm just saying you, you're saying that Paul stopped doing this. No, no, Paul hasn't stopped doing it. I can I'm say saying, that he's he did it in the past tense without but, saying anything about what he's doing in the current tense. I will say, ahead of us moving on from this game, that yeah. I am sad that he's not here for something that will be discussed. Oh boy, yeah, okay. Is anyway, the, yeah, go I'm saying you can make a stick out of hating something and and continuing to just hate it. But the fact that several national media people have tried to, at this point in the season, make a stick out of hating a team that's as hardworking and as blue-collar as any other team in the league, I just, I don't particularly understand it. That particular shtick of like hating the union. I get I, the idea. I mean I know I, I know I live in a bubble, but I actually didn't realize that there was a large contingent of people hating the union. Um, I mean there's not a large contingent. There's just two or three very loud voices. Yeah, because I mean it should be it should literally be impossible to hate this team. Like, because even, yeah, because yeah, I mean, even if you don't like things Jose Martinez does to get red cards, um, <laughs> everyone else on this team is pretty likable. And and in the league, there's so many of those dudes. Oh, like, yeah. Like, there is many Jose Martinez types that have I mean, made long careers out of being that guy um, that serve a purpose on those teams. Um, no one hurts sure. Diego Chara. Right. Like, even, um, you know, like uh, uh, Kyle Beckerman had a little bit of that dog in him, as the kids would say. Um, <laughs> or whatever. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Speaking of teams that people hate, we'll move on and talk about the Philadelphia Union's uh, 4-1 win over Atlanta United. Before all the chicken and the rice hit the floor. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, really quickly on Atlanta, is it weird to anyone else that uh, former Charlotte Independence left back Andrew Gutman is scoring so many goals in Major League Soccer this year? Or is that just me? Everything is fucking weird about this team. Like, he's Everything. the only guy on their team that scores. <laughs> well, that's that's what Pineda gets for yeah. just exiling um, Joseph Martinez. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Carranza I, opens. Michael Orr gets a goal in stoppage time as he has wanted to do. Daniel Gostock scores in the 67th, and then Nate Harriel scores uh, at the death because, well, that's a running theme this month, apparently. Left back. I mean, good, good for the dude. Yeah. Finally, oh, yeah. goal. Um, I, it is. I'll be. I mean, I I do not follow that much MLS outside the union. I'm not one to consistently watch other teams. I think teams. that's healthy for you. Right, and all of that. But it's real weird when you go to play Atlanta and you look at the roster or the lineup and it's like, hey, Joseph Martinez is sitting on the bench. Like, (laughs) wait, Um, what? Yeah, so literally anyone who has watched Atlanta United this season is just like, what is Pineda doing with that team? Yeah. Um, And that includes... Literally, the players sitting on the bench and the now suspended from the team, Joseph Martinez, that Pineda's essentially openly said that he doesn't want back next year, which is just like, so you're literally saying the best scorer in club history, regardless yeah. of whether or not he could actually like go 90 in a game because of his knee, you have five fucking subs, so it doesn't matter. Right. Um, just like, yeah, he can go, but I will take um, them starting a scrub up top in front of him and making the union's job uh, yeah. that much easier in a game that should have actually been a tough one for the union. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the lineup they rolled out is, well, and I mean, like, I don't think Rios Novo is a good MLS keeper. If we're being honest, I, I I don't know. Well, you could have you could have just like scratched good from that statement and just said MLS keeper. <laughs> yeah, it well, and 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 it's funny for me to talk about goalkeeping in in a lot of ways. Just I think from from the simplest perspective of the union have had the best goalkeeper in MLS for his entire career. Um and have used him pretty much exclusively for the bulk of it. But um, we've also seen Union backup keepers go off to at least five different teams and be not as decent good. enough starters for them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Zach McMath's done really well for himself the last year or two, um, for sure. Until um, last week. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, like, I don't know. It's It's been a strange combination of, like, I don't think the Union are playing the best keepers in MLS. Not that it would matter at this point, I guess, but like yeah, there's there's not many worlds at the beginning of the season where I think I have the Union hanging 4 and winning 4-1 against Atlanta. Um, for sure. No, and I, I mean, I think in a larger picture, too, I really like um, you know, and I, I think we talked about this in our last recording, you like the response when they uh, come back from a one nothing loss to Dallas and they beat uh, DC six nothing, but that I mean, obviously DC is not a good team. Um, but you like when they continue that, and that they, you know, three game, you know, the next three games. If you want to throw Red Bull in there too, the next four games beating the opponents eighteen to one, you know, and I I think it's, I mean, it's a good response from the union. Um, that they can come back from a loss like that. Because I, you know, and and not that I doubted the, this team's ability to do that, but 
I think there's a, you know, there's still the old union pessimism hangover. Mm-hmm. They lose a game like that, one nothing, and then they lose the next three, you know. Um, and so the fact that they can just pop back and, and win the next four, 18 to one, you know, is just shows how good this team can be. Yeah, and I mean, to be able to go out and win seven six seven nothing, and then follow that up with a four one, and then I, I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this game as a whole body of work. I think there will be two things that we're drawn to: Philadelphia Union travel to Harrison, New Jersey, and beat New York Red Bull two nothing, um, which is great. It's crazy that they haven't beaten us in, what, nine attempts? Something like that? What's the unbeaten streak? Is that what the unbeaten streak against Red Bull is? It's been it's been a couple of years now, which is, which is nice. Uh, but, boy, Jack McLinn can pass a soccer ball, and, boy, Drew Yearwood should probably think before he remembers he's not at practice. Uh. <laughs> is he... <laughs> okay, wait. No, I want to talk about Jack's assist first because that yes, was, let's talk about that first because that's better uh, inherently for this team. Um, um, he's so good. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, like he gone levels of good. We're, I think I'm we're approaching. We're, he's he's going somewhere. I I truly am scared about what's going to happen because like. Considering considering how the World Cup is going to drive up player prices, mm-hmm. the winter transfer window is basically going to be teams rating MLS. Um, I I just don't see a way financially that it's anything but that. Um, and like, yeah, Jack McLean's going to go. Um, I mean, we don't know is he going to actually end up accepting one of these call-ups to Ireland since they're apparently knocking for him. Uh, I mean, I hope not, because he does definitely have a future in the U.S. midfield, but I can see why he would want to... No, I mean, I was going to say, I can... Well, and I can see why he would want to play now, because... I'd buy the shit out of that. As he's um, shown with this team, he's good enough to play now, because at first, the question was, can he keep up with the physicality of the league? And, like, it doesn't matter if no one can fucking touch him. Like, right. you know, yeah. they they can't tell which way he's passing. He splits defenders. He's good enough on the dribble to, like, um, progress possession. And mm-hmm. if he sees a defender within, like, three yards of him, gets the ball away before they can tackle it. Like, it, there's just... There's, like, literally just no limit to the things that this guy does well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just, I mean, as young as he is, and I mean, I know we interviewed him and we talked about this with him, but I think, like, as young as he is and as calm as he is, on the ball, off the ball, um, you know, whatever, it, it's, I mean, it's amazing just to see how they, how he's able to play. And I, I, I think, you know, earlier this season, his assist to Corey Burke late in the game where he mm-hmm. sent a ball through and put it right in Burke's path and Burke didn't even have to stop running. He just kind of ran through the ball and scored and all that. I was like, oh, that was probably the assist of the season. And then he comes back against Red Bull, taps the ball over the guy's head, creates 
yards of space by doing that and then is able to find somebody again just kind of on the you know in stride perfect weight on the ball everything else um yeah it's hard to imagine a scenario in which that hmm I, I actually don't think it's necessarily hard to imagine a scenario in which McGlynn is here next season. I could see if the Union do win the trophy at the end of this year, I could see Bedoya saying, deuces, okay. I did what I needed to do. And then McGlynn's got a starting spot in her midfield. So um, I could see that being the case, but... You know, I could see McGlynn staying for I, that to say, like, let me. Well, I that was that was I was going to work that question in, but like snap judgment. Well, here, Chuck, I'll let you get whatever you want. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I was just going to say, like, I think you're. I I really, I really hope. Like, obviously, Bedoya's earned his right to leave any way that he wants to leave. Um, yeah. I definitely still do hope that he is a part of this team next year. Um, cause I think there's going to be enough change in January that we're really going to need him to be a part of this team, even if it's not necessarily on the field, because we've already talked plenty about how when Kai Wagner finally goes, like we don't have anyone to replace what he does and even mm. just transitioning in someone who can do what he does. You want Bajoyo on this team for that. I I think I think it's pro it's probably gonna come down to Jack McGlenn or Leon Flock um over the course of the winter. And which team goes harder for which midfielder? Because with Flock having experience in Germany and likely attracting interest there. And also being a young midfielder, while he doesn't have a higher ceiling than McGlynn, a lot of teams would probably think that at least defensively he can bring more to them right now, even though that's probably wrong. Does does um does McGlynn have dual dual national too? Because isn't a flock a dual a dual national? So that kind of helps with the whole like paperwork thing. I, I don't think he does. Does it but, matter to anybody? I mean, it, it it only it only really matters once you're under once you're under eighteen, and re, and really now it only matters in England because their work sure. permit rules, thanks to Brexit, are worse than Awful. everywhere else's. Because like McGlynn's experience with the U twenties should essentially get him a work permit anywhere he wants to go um, while Flock's already qualified for one before and has been a consistent starter for this team and right. CONCACAF Champions League helps him. All right, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, the snap question, and I just want like yes or no, I don't need I don't need the whole diatribes because I'm sure we'll cover that in the offseason. <laughs> Does Jack McGlynn play the whole of 2023 uh, for the Philadelphia Union? Uh, no. Okay. No. Probably not, but I hope so. Mm. 
Uh, I will be more optimistic than either of both of you and say yes, he does. Not for I lack think... of trying. <laughs> <laughs> my my hesitation in saying yes. Mm-hmm. This um, is explicitly what I didn't ask for, but continue. No, no, I it's just a small explanation, <laughs> and I I don't really care. No, I don't. Um, it's fine. My, I didn't expect my anyone. Small, to. My small explanation and my hesitation of saying yes was, um, there is that other tournament next summer that I think there's a chance that there's a smaller outside chance that McGlynn's on that roster, and maybe even starting in that tournament. And so, yeah. like, if that is the case. I would have a hard time believing that he makes it past that summer transfer window, just knowing how many times and be, you know, it hasn't happened in a while because the U S haven't played in that tournament in a long, long time. But if the U S you know, just how many times the U S has played in the Olympics and then their that roster gets raided by <laughs> teams around the world. So, you know, I, you, your reminder about the Olympics it's like just made me cry a little bit just with it sinking in that we're going to go from world cup end of european season olympics european season starts up again again mm-hmm. uh-huh. yep hope you like soccer <laughs> um there's something hey you Some know who I doesn't you know who also doesn't like soccer, Chuck? Um, I, I, this could go in a couple of ways because there's probably someone who doesn't like soccer after this um, Red Bulls game. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's where we're going. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, I'll do it. It's the girl that got kicked in the fucking face by Drew Yearwood. <laughs> She hates soccer. I hope this was her first game. I, 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 um, um, to, to I hate my... that we were actually on the same page about this one. Come on. Um, low-hanging <laughs> fruit. I would like to just remind everybody at home that if you have not ever, and I don't know, this is not like a thing. Well, it's not that hard, I'm sure. If you have never had the opportunity, like like if you've never touched a, a game-used soccer ball at a professional level before do it they are hard <laughs> they're really they are harder than you think they are hard and i can tell you from years of sitting yeah. behind a goal yeah uh during usl shooting practice oh yeah yeah uh the balls come very fast mm-hmm. and very very quickly and if they in and and sitting behind the riverhounds goal at the at the you know at highmark stadium and watching usl players who can't seem to hit the net even though there's not really anybody blocking it um i've seen people get hit with yep. balls um less maliciously let's say uh they they're not um just kicking a ball away when they're frustrated because they a yellow card. I was going to um, say the angle for that's a little more forgiving because at least you right. guys are behind a thing that people normally kick a ball at, and you're seeing it come toward you, not yeah. from like five yards away. Yeah, not a weird side angle from five yards away. Um, 
hey, you know, like, it happens. Guys get frustrated. We understand that. I think, uh, what, Jose kicked the ball into touch that maybe was in the first row or something down in Orlando, I think, um, a, a year or two ago, something like that. Um, but this was... This, yeah, I mean, I could... Weird. Yeah, I, I get kicking a ball in frustration, but, but you have three better directions to kick it in than the one he well, chose. Well, like, you, like, lifted it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, I mean, it still was an impressive feat to hit anyone in yeah. the stadium that was dominated by <laughs> Union fans. I hate that that joke still gets me. I mean, it, it's just <laughs> so perfect because yeah. even on the broadcast... You didn't have to listen for union fans. They no, dominated. No. Like I love in the in the, uh, the MLS does that kind of like uh, like highlight of the entire week. So they have all the games highlights kind of condensed in the thirty minutes, and it'll usually just be the one guy doing the the like voiceover for it. In the league, put out thing, you can still hear the union fans. <laughs> <laughs> like chance over the over the the highlights, um, and I was like, man, they they probably will like you know turn the the audio of the original broadcast off just so it doesn't look that bad. But yeah, credit to everyone that traveled for that, um, which had to be demoralizing. Um, a very comprehensive win over Red Bull. Uh, Drew Yearwood had a scarf put over the top of his head and then was told not to apologize. And I think he's probably done playing soccer for that organization, uh, which is kind of unfortunate because I think he's a decent player. I mean, I, I, like you said, guys get frustrated. I understand. You know, I understand it, your adrenaline's already high. You're whatever. I mean, I get all worse. Yeah. I also, yes. And a lot of times when something like that happens in the moment or post game, the player will try to double down and make some excuse on why it was okay that they kicked the ball into the stands and usually there's nobody there. And that's why it's okay. You know, Drew was not, that was not his posture in this whole thing. So Mm -hmm. credit to him. I also, respect the dude in the stands who said, hey, don't talk to my sister, girlfriend, whoever she was. Yeah. Like, don't talk to her because I wasn't okay what you just did. So I, I can definitely see both sides. I can understand. I, I appreciate Yearwood being um, stand up enough to go and try to apologize even in the moment of his frustration. Um, I also just don't – and I also – understand the guy being like, hey, please don't try to come talk to me right now. Um, so I kind of get both of it, both sides. But just don't kick a ball into the stands. That's that's the thing. Um, you're now reigning, and I guess by default defending um, U.S. Open Cup champions in town this Saturday. Um. 7.30 kick. Virtual sellout at the Soob, which is, uh, like, really cool that the Union are doing this, like, a week in advance now. Um, and there is maybe not a better time for this team as far as, like, we need to capture as much market as we can now because it'll get better for us. But, like, you know, you take every window you can get 
So the combination of we're really good and the Flyers are actively pissing off their entire fan base all the time forever, working out really well. And and they've been really good when the Eagles aren't really doing a whole lot because their season hasn't started yet, not because they're bad, preface. And the Phillies are bad. So, like, it's it's been a really nice perfect storm of, like, Union being good and doing good things uh, for this well, team. I mean, the Union have been the best Philadelphia sports team for three years running. So, like, yeah, this, that is this also shouldn't true. come as a surprise for anyone. Um, and, like... And real and realistically, like even the fact that there weren't sellouts in the beginning of the season were more weather weather related <laughs> yeah. because everyone was freezing their asses off going to outdoor soccer games. At, but like since spring hit, like it's been essentially a sellout in every game since, uh-huh. and um, it's going to be pretty amazing to see what the playoff atmospheres are like this year, because I think everyone does at least understand that, like, the season that we're going through right now is, like, absolutely unreal. And hitting these highs ever again is going to be pretty damn hard. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think that... You know, after the New York game where the Union are tweeting out, hey, here's five or six season records that we set, and oh, yeah, we still have four games to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty fun, uh, number one. Yeah. But I think, like, I I do think that Philly is understanding that and seeing, like, hey, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, this, if, if LAFC continues to win games and, um, wins a supporter shield. I mean, it's almost, it's pretty likely at this point that the union are going to have maybe the best season ever that not, that didn't win the supporter shield. So, Mm. um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not going to see this again. So enjoy it. Well, last to be there, go to the games. So ahead of the home game, uh, one, does Danny Gazda get 20 goals, uh, uh, Saturday? And then do the Union win, and do how much? How many wins do they do? Um, so, what is he 17 or 18 currently? I would, I that would have been helpful if I provided that stat for you before I asked you He's that. He's right. eight, 18. 18. Um, so, yes, he, yes, he hits 20 goals Saturday. I love that. Can I, yeah, Justin, go for it, sir. Um, well, the random thing that I've been following on Twitter, uh, yep. and if you follow my tweets at just after apps, uh, if the, uh, if the union do, uh, like I would much rather actually Corey Burke get a hat trick this weekend. Uh, cause then we'd be the first team ever to have four 10 plus goal scorers. Um, so if somebody's going to score oh. multiple goals this weekend, I'd rather Corey Burke just go ahead and get a hat trick and get that over with. Well, I mean, okay, what, no he's on goals. She just scored like eight. <laughs> That's Court. Well, that'd be five. So what? Well, Corey's on seven. Well, he only needs three. First, he only needs three. Hat trick. Exactly. No, I mean, I oh, just I, get I, it out of the way. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I definitely, I definitely think that by the end of the season, um, actually, about these games, we do need to talk about Corey Burke because there's been a couple of sequences where not only scoring but playmaking, like. 
Yeah, who's he's this doing? Guy? He's doing some pretty insane stuff. Like getting flashbacks to twenty sixteen that I don't tra- want. Training with tra- I mean, well, twenty sixteen it was put across into the box and Corey Burke headed it in. Like yeah, it's now it's he's a playmaker both in the air and at his feet. Like training with everyone and then coming off the bench against tired legs is uh, really yeah. suiting him well at the beginning of the season, after a beginning of the season where we were basically like, uh, you don't want to see any minutes yeah. of Corey yeah, Burke. Um, I think there's, uh, and I think there's a couple things that help that, right, Jack? I think one, when you get to train every day against the two best center backs in the league, um, you're yeah. and going, the best goalie. You're, you're going to get better. Um, and then the second thing I think helps is when you actually have three guys who are pushing you to be better um, and you're not the best striker on the team. Uh, also, you get pushed to be better. And so I think, and that, when you, have Jack you know, 20, yep. 2016, Corey Burke didn't have anybody pushing him. But, um, but I mean, like, again, just Jack McGlynn allowing Daniel Gosdog to be the shadow striker that he wants to be and creating massive amounts of space for everyone else who's in the box because teams have to respect him. And even if they respect him, they can't stop him um, is just like something else. But I think that because it was like, what, 70, I think 70 hours or so between Orlando's game ending and their game in Philly kicking off. Uh, so you take into account celebrations, travel, R&R. Uh, they're getting smoked. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing them come to Philly and win this weekend. Yeah. Um, hey, as long as like the Union don't score no goals, because this is the match that I'm taking my parents to, so I would like for them to get the enjoyment of what the union have been in person this season. That would be very, that'd be helpful. That'd be nice. Um, yeah. So goals, just many goals, please. Hopefully by the team in blue and gold, not the one in purple. Goal. Hey, speaking of goals, uh, yeah. did either of you see uh, how uh, Cincy got their goal? Uh, <laughs> I did. Do you mean that they played a four-yard pass backward and goalkeeper of the century, Sean Johnson, couldn't handle it? The way the NYCFC are just Exists. finding every new way to fall apart on not one, but multiple yep. baseball fields is yeah. just beyond hilarious. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what they deserve for playing a match at the exact same time oh, as the U.S. Open Cup final. That's not their fault. They deserve it for playing on that pitch. I don't care why, I don't care why they deserve it. I just I appreciated good. that Cincinnati got that goal oh, the way they did yeah. against that team. It's definitely one of the better own goals that I've ever seen. Yeah. Just watching the back pass just go past the defender it was meant for. And then John Johnson kind of just... Not even like, remotely oh, close. Shit, I yeah. can't get to this. Goal. And that game finished 1-1, so that made it even more fun. 
and we're we're good, right? I think that's yeah. about it. Add VFT so. bot if you for, need to find us. Well, um, when yeah. do we clinch? When do we clinch the East? If we draw or win. Oh, that's it. Yep. I think it's a little more than that. Because yeah, Montreal has a game in hand, but. I mean, you might be right. I don't think, yeah, because I, 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 I was looking for magic numbers and I found a graph, and I'm pretty sure it was like the yeah, Union the one. Actually, it, it really is hurting that the MLS magic number Twitter doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Because that was one of the most useful resources throughout the season. Someone uh, we, still that need, back. we still need some points. Montreal can, Montreal can still get to 67 points if they would win every game on the trot. So like, yeah, but they need like they're not in control. Well, the pro- the the problem for Montreal is they're not in control of their own destiny. Like the no, Union no, I know that. Are, I, are I know that, rising. but Montreal still needs Mon- Montreal still needs like still can yeah, get so, to 67. So we, so we the, have to get uh, to 68. Yeah, to so at this the point. Earl, yeah, so the earliest, if assuming Montreal wins everything, the earliest that the Union can clinch. If they also went out, would be October first against Charlotte, right? Hmm. But if Montreal would lose this weekend and the Union would win, then all of a sudden that number shrinks to like two. So I think it's I think it's still another game away. Which it would be really funny um, to clinch against... in Atlanta. Yeah, I don't know. Montreal have columbus again and then chicago and then new england and then dc and then inner i mean they have a pretty great we don't know what any of those games will come out less no (laughs) yeah you can tell me any of those finish any way possible and i'd be like yeah probably yeah um at vft go ahead at vftb pod if you want to do the math for us you don't have to the magic number is eight at this point in time. Right. right now, the magic well, number is eight. For, for us. That's fine. Um, at VFTV Pod, if you want us to tell Paul something. <laughs> Hit us up there. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll, we'll catch you guys after we beat a couple teams in soccer and, and all that fun stuff. Deuces. Bye. You have just listened to an episode of Season 4 of Using the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTBPod. Thanks to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We're also sponsored by Robbie over at Icarus FC. Icarus will make the custom kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Get started at IcarusFC.com. Do you enjoy the show and want to support us? There are two ways. You can head to Design Tree at dsgntree.com slash vftb for all of our latest merch. Or you can just buy us a coffee or beer at Ko-Fi, ko-fi.com slash vftbpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is also a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. Head over there to find all kinds of soccer writing, content, and other podcasts For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.